Hello, good morning. I'm hoping my headphones are working. <laughs> I am so excited to be here live today. I'm here live on Instagram, but I'm actually recording a podcast episode as well. If you are a listener of the Feel Good Family Food podcast, you um, may have noticed that I've been a little bit off of my podcasting game. So normally my goal is to have a new podcast live every Tuesday, but we've been dealing with a lot here in California. As you've probably heard, tons of fires. Luckily, our house hasn't been affected by that, but it has been affected by power outages. And while we've been navigating all of this and also feeling for other people who are impacted, I've been struggling a little bit to figure out what I wanted to say about family food here on the podcast. And if I'm being totally honest, our eating has looked that ideal lately. In fact, I'll share after this in my stories a um, picture of our dinner last night, which was mac and cheese, and there were some donuts, and yes, there were some vegetables and fruit, but it's really quite simple stuff. And so with all of that as the background, I've been trying to think, like, what can I share? What can I add to the conversation that's useful um, for parents who want to feed their family well, but they're struggling with it? They are having trouble making it happen. They feel bad about what they're currently doing. And I've been reflecting on how I can add to that. And I'm here today because I finally thought of something. Is anybody else like already bombarded with treats for Halloween? If your house is anything like mine, there are Halloween treats everywhere. And of course that has me thinking about what I'm going to do. How am I going to handle all that Halloween candy with my kids? So I have some thoughts on how I'm going to handle it. And I've been thinking a lot about this. And so I'm here to share with you those thoughts in hopes that they are helpful to you. So in today's episode, I want to go through three things related to how to handle Halloween candy with your kids. If you're watching on video, you can see I have these like one press-on nail left on each hand. They're very spooky, but I'm going to cover three things. First, I want to talk a little bit about mindset around candy and how your mindset affects your kid's mindset about candy. This is something I've learned firsthand. The second, I want to talk about some possible strategies and actions that you can take around Halloween candy and your kids. And I'll share in this section what I'm planning to do this year and why I decided to do it. And then finally, I want to talk about a few ideas of what to do with excess Halloween candy so that you can have it out of sight, out of mind, if that's a strategy you decide to take. Let's dive in. Hi there, I'm Amy. I'm a mom, a natural food chef, and the host of the Feel Good Family Food Podcast. Just like you, I have more to do in a day than could possibly get done and kids who say their favorite foods are things like gummy bread, pretzel, of course, Maggie, ice cream, yummy. On this podcast, I'm using my 10 years of professional food experience plus real world nutrition to help real parents more easily feed their families healthy food more often. Stick with me for tips, tricks, and actionable steps to start feeling good about feeding your family. All right, so how to handle all that Halloween candy with your kids? I told you I wanted to cover three things, mindset, actions, and then some ideas of what to do with your Halloween candy, and um, fixing my hair on video because it's out of control. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Uh, the first thing I wanted to dive into is just like, how does your mindset around candy and its impact affect your kids' mindset around candy and its impacts? And if you had asked me, four years ago when I had a one and a half year old, I would have had very different thoughts around this than I have now. So just know these thoughts have taken me time to get to and they are mine alone. 
And I hope that by sharing them, I can give you some interesting things to reflect on as you think about your candy mindset and your kid's candy mindset. We don't have candy all the time in our house. In fact, we never have it out on the counters and my kids rarely know that it's there because I choose when they're going to have it. But candy is a candy. Halloween is a really unique time because of course there's candy everywhere. It's all about candy. You're collecting candy. You're dressing up for candy. You're talking about candy. It's all of the things. And in addition to that, there's a lot of messages around like, don't eat too much candy or, you know, our school wanted us to bring non-candy treats, which I really appreciate, but it can also send messages around, oh, candy's bad, especially if you are telling your kid, oh, candy's bad. And then they're thinking like, oh, this person is bad because they're having candy, right? So the reason my mindset around candy has changed is because I've realized that at certain times of year, Halloween being one of them, candy is just avoidable. And one of the things that I've chosen to do is just to let go of my need to control how much candy my kids are eating around Halloween time, of my emotion around candy's impact on our health, and around managing specifically the amounts of candy that my kids are having. And the reason that I have done that is this. I realized upon reflection that I want, what I want for my kids is not for them to be like the perfect, best, most nutritious eaters. What I want for them is to be competent eaters, as Ellen Satter would say, um, competent eaters who have food freedom, who are free to be human beings in this world, to enjoy food that's enjoyable, hopefully all food. You can see my Instagram post today for more on that to have fun with food and to realize that sweets and sugar is one fun food and that there are lots of others as well. And what I realized is that by focusing on the restriction of sweets, especially when we are bombarded by them, that I was sending the message that um, those things needed to be restricted, either that they were bad or that they were really good and you couldn't be trusted with them. And neither of those are the things that I want. I don't want to tell them it's bad because I don't want them to think they're bad for liking them or that someone else is bad for having them or that, um, you know, there are things you should never eat, but they're still out there to like be afraid of food. And I don't want them to think that this is so good that it needs to be restricted and they can't trust themselves because ultimately what I want is for my kids to have self-trust around food. Ultimately what I want and what I want for you is for you to have self-trust around food. And I was in a class once with a doctor who's running a program around healthy eating for kids. And she gave this great example. It's something I've seen before. And maybe you have to, but I'm going to describe it here because I think it's relevant. Imagine if you had a straw and you weren't breathing through your nose, you put it in your mouth and you were just breathing through the straw. And you can kind of like mimic that for a minute. And the natural thing that happens with that is like, it's really hard to get enough air if you're just breathing through the straw and not through your nose as well, right? So you're breathing through the straw and what happens to your breathing? What is your emotion around getting air? You've restricted your air and now your emotion is, oh my gosh, I need more air. And you're going to try and do everything you can to get more air. I love this example because it's how a lot of us feel around candy. And it's what we might unconsciously be creating in our kids when we create too much restriction around sweets, especially sweets that are like out there and we have no control over, um, is 
we tell them, no, you can't have that. And we don't create a framework for when they can have it. So then they think I can't have this thing. And then they want it more because it's delicious, right? Like we as humans are conditioned to think that this is delicious. That's just quite literally human nature. So what I want to do for my kids and what you might want to do for your kids, and I'm going to talk about how in just a minute, is to reduce the emotion around these things, to take some of that emotion out of it, to diffuse it, to take away some of that feeling of restriction within reason so that that desire for more of something they already want isn't activated or amplified might be a better word than activated. So if that sounds interesting to you, if you're interested in moving away from restriction and towards more freedom and ease around sweets, but you're open to the idea that you could include them at all, I'm going to tell you some of the actions that I've learned about that I think can be really useful when it comes to Halloween candy. So you have all of this candy and it's Halloween night and gosh, I just remember as a kid like unloading all my candy and pouring it on the floor and seeing all these delicious things that were my favorite things and This is another place where my thoughts around this have changed over time. So the first year that my son sort of understood what was going on, I let him pick a few pieces of candy and then we did a switch switch situation where he could like turn in the candy and um, cash it in for a toy. And that worked for us. That actually like works really well for my older son because he wants toys and he likes deals and bargaining and those kinds of things. So it was fun for him. So I think that that is still a viable solution. But here's why I won't be doing that same exact approach this year. The reason is, I think the even the conversation of saying you can only have so much acts as that restriction. And so here's what I'm doing instead. On Halloween night, my kids can have as much candy as they want. I get emotional even saying that, like it makes me nervous, right? (laughs) Like I feel that. And this is why I know I have work to do and why you might as well. I'm going to let them have as much of the candy as they want. The good thing about my kids is that they usually get distracted. And some of that I attribute to the fact that I've been doing this work for a long time with them, diffusing the emotion around special treat foods or whatever you might call them. Let them have as much candy as they want. And then at the end of the night, I'll say, okay, we're going to pack up your candy and Um, we'll have some more later. And then I'm going to do it. I'm going to make sure that they get some more candy later. And what that often has looked like for us, since I've made this switch, is offering, um, putting out some pieces of candy at dinner time and letting them eat that with their meal. And it's usually like a couple of small pieces. And I will keep doing that because I've committed to letting them have more. And I'm offering it even before they ask for it, right? Like I'm offering it as part of something, or maybe it'll be part of our snack because usually it's during the day that they ask for it. So it becomes part of other food that we're enjoying, right? It's just another food is the message that I want to subliminally send them. And frankly, myself, it's just another food. And there's going to be another opportunity to have more. And then I want to treat it as another food and give them the opportunity for more. And maybe that goes on till their candy's gone. Usually my kids have gotten distracted by then. They've like forgotten about it within five days. And then we can choose what to do. Now, here's the funny thing. This is like the best laid plans thing. I had been thinking and I made my mindset that I was going to treat it this way. And then my oldest son just yesterday was like, can we do that switch switch again? Like I want to trade in some of my candy. So 
the caveat to all of this is you got to know your kids and do what works for them. So listen, if my kid wants to get rid of some candy and it's on his own accord and he's willing to trade it out for something else, I am not going to say no to that. So this is a fluid process and I'm sort of feeling my way into like all of parenting, by the way, just feeling into like what is going to work best for them, what's going to serve them best, but keeping in mind what is the relationship I want them to have with sweets and treats? What is... um their comfort around food that I want to foster and letting that be the guide for any decisions that I make around how I treat this candy for them. So instead of thinking like, I really need to restrict their sugar because sugar is bad, thinking I really want them to have a relationship with food where they can ebb and flow with what's available, where they can enjoy all things, where they know that sweets are just another part of the human eating experience. And then to treat it accordingly. And that I will report back as things unfold. But I hope that some of these thoughts around the mindset and then sharing the actions that I plan to take was helpful to you. Um, One thing I want to say about the actions is if you say you're going to do something with your kids around the candy, although I was going to say just in general, but I'm don't listen to me about parenting. This is just about food. If you say you're going to give them more candy later, I want you to do it. Because the other thing that you want to do is build that trust in you. That when you say, oh, it's not available right now, but with dinner, 